Hi everyone, Air here. Today I have Daniel Chidiak joining me, and he is a best-selling author out of Australia who's written books on wellness, personal growth, philosophy, and self-care categories. He's coached contestants with Dancing with the Stars, radio show hosts, DJs, TPA presenters, and business people. And today he's going to work with me on what it means to be spiritual when it comes to being single, in a relationship, and even when you break up. So without further ado, let's start to open up our third eye and talk with Daniel. Well, all the way in Australia. That's why we're in a completely different time zone and it's probably very late for you over there and here it's, uh, I'm sort of just getting started. It's 11.30. You seem probably should have started sleepy. a long time ago, but. Yeah. I was... Me? No, no, no. Just got woke up 20 minutes ago. No, no, no. I'm a writer. You know, writers are, writers stay up late, don't they? Isn't that the cliche thing? I will say. We stay up late and write and we're hermits during the day. I'm gonna have to disagree with you right off the bat. I wrote model stop traffic in the morning. Every single morning for like two oh, hours really? as soon as I woke up. But it was a lot about my dreams, so that might have been the difference there. So just Yeah, yeah. Throwing it out there. But let's go ahead. I don't want to talk about me. I wanna talk about you, of course, right? So give us a little bit of your background and then especially highlight how you got to be this best selling author with a modern breakup. It's a long story, so I'm not sure how long the podcast is going to go for, but it's, it's, we might be here for a few days. Um, yeah, so I started off at uni and I was doing a commerce degree there, which is obviously very different to what I'm doing now. So <clears throat> I was majoring in accounting and finance, and I think I just did it because my parents wanted me to do it. It was, uh, yeah, something that, you know, when you finish, we call it year 12 here. I don't know what you call your final year of high school that you like have to know what you want to do in your life. And there's so much pressure and we're still kids. We don't really know what we want to do, but I did it. I think, you know, one to make my parents happy too, as well, because I thought it was safe and it was secure. It was, a sec it was a secure job. So started with that. And I remember I was at university one day and I was, I think it was like six months in um, to my first year. And there was a guy there and he was talking about how he worked for a big um, accounting firm, which is Pricewaterhouse and Cooper. I think you guys have, PwC as well. You would um, have branches there. It might even be an American company, actually. Um, and he was just, you know, saying what the wage that he was on, and he was like in his fifties. And I remember just sitting there thinking that I just didn't want to be there. I was like, this is just not what I want from my life. And everyone was looking around and nodding their head and like, oh, it's so good, you know, such a good wage. And it might sound egotistic or whatever, but I remember just being like, I, I want to be making that um, a month. 
you know, like not a year or whatever it was. I was like, just it just didn't it just didn't fit right with me. It just didn't sit right. And it's not that money's everything. It's it was probably a lot deeper than that. But um, even that just didn't resonate with me. And I I just wanted things. I just wanted bigger. And I literally just packed up my books and left. And it was crazy because I went home and I said to my my parents like, oh, you finished uni for the day, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I finished. I've left. And they're like, oh yeah, yeah. What what time are you going back? Because I said to them, I've left, and um, and then yeah, I sort of had to have the sit down with them and let them know that I've left, and that wasn't easy. But my dad was was more so, you know, he wanted me to get that piece of paper, and it's it's out of love as well, you know. They want us to finish it. They want us to have something. They want us to have a backup plan. But I think I was just always a bit more of a risk taker, and I probably wouldn't recommend it to everybody because it was definitely crazy of me at the time, but. It was something that I needed to do for my soul, and even though I was young, I just went with it. Um, I definitely wasn't very spiritually inclined then. Well, maybe I was without knowing it, but I, I wasn't consciously spiritual. Like, have a sense of spirituality, I guess, at that age. But I followed my gut still for some unknown reason. And like I said, it could have been stupidity, but whatever it was, it ended up working out in the end. But I had multiple jobs after that, and had a clothing business that didn't do well, and I was in a lot of debt, and I had to literally dig holes um i worked on the the train tracks the rails here so just to like literally pay off the debt and um yeah i found myself at a time that was very hard and just let go of so many expectations in my life and just started to live a little bit more free and appreciate the moments and i was just becoming awakened and as i was becoming awakened and realizing the power of my thoughts and that i had control over my emotions where i always thought it was something that i didn't have control over I just started writing and I was writing it all down and writing for about a year and never thought that I would turn it into a book. And then, yeah, about a year later, it's, uh, it started. It started. And then I believe you actually started a yeah. business with your brother before. Is that what I read? Correctly? Yeah, that was the clothing business. So you've yeah, that was the clothing business. Entrepreneurship bug in you one way or another. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we went to Italy and we came across a brand that we really liked and um, they didn't have a distributor for Australia. So we asked them and we were crazy. We got a $70,000 loan out that was unsecured. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, I'm not sure if it's called something else in America, but we didn't put up any, um, we put up, we didn't actually put up any capital either, but we didn't put up any assets as -hmm. protection. So we didn't have a house or anything. So they literally just gave it to us from a dodgy business plan which is sounds crazy. I don't think they'd ever do that now. Um, so yeah, we just had this money and spent it. And look, we, we, we learned, you know, we had a great experience and things, things happen. They don't always go to plan, but as long as you learn and you progress and um, you get through the hard times, I think there's always light at the end of the tunnel for sure. Definitely. And then tell me, before we get into the fact that you wrote a breakup book, or a love book is what I would actually call it. How do you define your spirituality? Uh, it's funny, actually. Um, and even though I said that word before, that word spiritual, I don't really class myself as being spiritual or religious or anything like that. Um, because I think that at, at both of them sort of box you into something. I, I always describe it that I am who I am. And I am who I am at any given moment. I don't like to really box myself in or use that term because I think the word the the term spiritual has definitely been misused. Mm. 
as well. It's like, you know, people are like, oh, it's spiritual to go to a festival and, you know, ride yourself off for a week, which I've been to festivals and I love them. But I mean, like, what is spirituality? Does it mean, is that spiritual? Like taking drugs and partying and does that mean you're spiritual? And the man that's walking down the street in a suit, you're going to judge him be like, oh, he's not. He's not spiritual. He doesn't have that. You know, he's a businessman. Like he might have a, a, a very strong sense of spirituality, but it's internal. I think this term spirituality or whatever it is, or if you're religious, I think it's an internal um, relationship that you have with God or with this energy. And again, whatever you want to call it, this energy that we feel is number one, love. And that's that's the end of the story. Love is is the greatest feeling and it's universal love. And two, this energy that just feels like it gives us these messages constantly of what we should do with our life and the direction we should go. And if we can tune into that, I think that's the sense of spirituality, you know, if you want to call it that. That's what I try to tap into. I try to tap into that source, that feeling, that eternal wisdom. For someone that says that I'm not spiritual, you hit like all of the higher purpose tendencies just now and you were like i am who i am <laughs> Did I? okay maybe i just maybe i just i just I, th I just don't think i label them yeah I, I, maybe i do i just don't feel like i label them or put a term on them it's just it's just what's going on inside of me it's just observation from my experience and just delving deeper into my into my life into my thoughts and that's beautiful. That's how I would wish everybody would define their spirituality is you hint on a little bit of what I call intuition. The gut feeling is what you've been calling it. Like knowing that, okay, this is my life purpose or that I'm meant for more or that this is just temporary and a lesson that I'm going to be learning for something greater. This is when I'm coaching anybody for spirituality or growth mindset what I'm hoping that they say. So you're already, you know, 99% there. You don't even need coaching. You're good to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think we all, we all need, we all need coaching. We all need coaching sometimes. Trust me. Don't, 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 don't be fooled by my, by my words. It's, um, we all, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, we, I, I need it just as much as anyone else. So how did you get from train tracks to knowing that you are meant for something more and knowing that you're learning these lessons to writing a book about love. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's a, that's a difficult question because there's so much that goes into it. I feel, um, but I've started, well, I started writing who says you can't, you do. That was the book that, uh, was happening while I was on the rails. I hadn't released that yet. Um, so I was like in between it and that was more of the expressive book of the awakening. And I feel like I went through some kind of enlightenment. So, and I needed to share it with the world. That was definitely my calling because I'd never picked up a pen before this all happened. Um, and the breakup book came years later. And I, I guess, you know, like you said before, it's, uh, it's, it's more about dating and I think love and just what, how we feel in the modern world and everything that's going on. And, and I, you know, people constantly ask me, was it something that I went through? Was it a breakup that I went through? And yeah, of course, I've, I've been through breakups, I, but I didn't start writing the book until three years after um, my previous breakup, my previous relationship. So it wasn't, there were definitely notes like you write, you know, after you go through a breakup, you express yourself and you write mm -hmm. things down. But I didn't start writing the book until three years later. And I think it was more just 
talking to so many people and being like, oh my God, this is like happening with everybody, this modern day sort of world thing. And the, the things that we feel that, uh, you know, even crazy thoughts that we have that I feel that people weren't really sharing in a book, um, even in a movie sometimes, it's like the breakup part is sort of brushed over and then it gets back to like it's like oh we broke up and they're crying and they're sad and then they get over it and it's like no 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 like we're not focusing on really what happens when you feel like you've been taken advantage of by somebody or whether it wasn't your choice and you know it didn't go the way you you wanted it to go even if it's a short burst relationship and i think i didn't actually say the time of the relationship with amelia with her ex but um you know, it was, I want to sort of give the impression that it maybe wasn't as long as like a three or four year relationship. It doesn't need to be like that. I feel like with the insecurities and everything that's going on in today's society that, and, and the desire to be, um, appreciated and wanted, um, and even admired sometimes I feel because that's just the world we live in uh, with social media, um, that, you know, the short ones get to us more, the ones that they go unexplored the ones that when we're feeling insecure, we latch onto someone because of our own insecurities and it's never them. It's always us. It's, uh, if, if someone ever affects you that much in your life, it's always you, always, because it, no one should ever affect you that much that quickly. Okay, it's different, obviously, if you're getting abused and you're getting physically abused and that, that's a different story. But if you're, like, if you're like latching onto someone when you first meet them and you don't even know them, that's all your insecurities. I mean, you don't even know them. How can you like them? it's it's um to me it's just a false it's a false sense of security that we're after so i definitely want to nitpick is that cool with you so yeah when it comes to getting to know someone <laughs> you're like yeah <laughs> and then i just yeah. thought you shrug your shoulders like yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't see me but i can see you um so <laughs> yeah yeah with that how long do you think it takes to get to know somebody before you can actually say, hey, this isn't my insecurity, this is my feelings. Yeah, I'm not sure if there's actually a time on it, um, but I think there's, I think it's got to do with the feeling that you get, but it's also the observation of who that person is. I think that's the most important thing. Um, so I don't really feel it's time. I think you need to, you know, we always like, oh, we write down a list of what we want. And then we def we completely excuse that because we get this feeling for someone. But I think it's where is, where is that feeling coming from? So I don't think it's about the time. It's you just have to uh, be in a place where you feel secure enough to be able to make the right analysis of this person. And yeah, that might sound, you know, like, oh, it's, it's taking away the beauty of it. Like, oh, do I have to analyze this situation? But I, don't, I think it's more you've got to analyze and you've got to delve a bit deeper into the way you feel. Mm. And, you know, why Why am I getting this feeling of somebody, like if I'm getting anxious, if it's a great feeling and you're like, this person seems like a really great person, then that's great. But it's like if you start, you start liking someone that you feel is not even giving you half of what you feel you deserve, like do you actually really like them? Mm. I'm go so, like, no. No. yeah, it's an anti-question. I don't, I don't really think it's a time. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you do. You may, but I don't think you do yet. And I think that's the, that's the kicker, you know, and you know, it's like, do, is it just a feeling? Maybe it is, but how often has that worked out for you? And I would say feelings go up and down, right? So how much can you trust at the end of the day? Yeah. Yeah. In the moment? So, 
I want to yeah, exactly. have like a exactly. preface here. I am sure out of the literally 6,347 Amazon reviews that you've had people come to you about their relationships and ask you questions, whether they're single, you know, in a relationship or, you know, going through a breakup, would that be correct to say? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I think, I, but like, because obviously I've, it's, it's a, it's a fiction book. So there's characters in it. So it's not like it's a, it's something that's, I'm not, it's not a self-help book, but even though there's a lot of self-help in it, mm -hmm. um, but they do, they do. And I, and I'm careful with what I say. I can only say what I, I'm, I'm not a counselor and I don't want to be. All I know is that what I experience through my own um, experience, like what I experience and that's what I can give off to people. Mm. So I'm very careful to, you know, not not uh, give the wrong advice, but I can only say, I only speak from my observations and then if it helps them, great. If not, then uh, so be it. <laughs> so be it. So I want to play a little bit of a game. Then. Yeah. And in my game, I basically want it just to be about you and your experience, or it could be about your book and how you relate it to the book. That makes you feel more comfortable. So I'm always about pushing buttons. So you okay. just let me know where my boundaries are. If they cross too much, I just won't answer them. I'll pass. If they're too crazy, I'll just pass. Is that okay? Of course. Can I pass? I'll just hear this dead silence on the audio. I'll be like, okay, let's, let's play music in that dead silence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's do this. Um, go back as if you are Daniel the writer or Daniel the younger version. Looking back, right? As now you're older okay. and wiser. I want to kind of see Am how I? your values. <laughs> I sure hope so. Do you think you're older and wiser? You're definitely older. But... <laughs> sometimes. I'm definitely older. Sometimes I'm not sure I'm wiser. But we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I'm about to find out. I'm about to break it all down and we'll find out. And so... Okay. Yeah. How, okay. Just so I have a reference, you said that relationship that you based the book off of that was three years ago, or that was three years ago from when you wrote the book. Uh, the last breakup. So I went through a breakup and then three years later, I started writing the book. Okay. So how long ago since the breakup of the book as of today? As, sorry, the breakup of the book so, or the breakup from my relationship. Oh, it's been about, it's been about eight years. Eight years? Is that what you said? Yes, eight. since the breakup. And then I started writing the book about five years ago. So I really hope that yeah. in the last eight years, you've become older and wiser. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was I hope so. so. I hope so. Uh, look, I've, I've seen people in between and, you know, things just didn't work out. So, but I would say a relationship that, that, you know, they met my family and I met their family and it was quite serious was yeah, about eight years ago. And then how old are you now, Daniel? <sighs> Do I have to say this? <laughs> you can just That's, give me like, I think it's, I think it's somewhere. I think it's somewhere. I think it's somewhere online. Um, uh, 35. 35. That's not bad. The ripe young age of 35. Come nah, that's, <laughs> thanks. That's not bad. It's like in two years, it will be bad. In two years, you will be bad. Yeah, now 35 is, uh, is young. Yeah, I'll start making fun of you when you're like 55. How about that? Then I'll say, you know, uh, 
You should oh. probably settle down then. Isn't that still young? Yeah, maybe 55 we should settle down. But I think 55 <laughs> is still young. Of 55 is still young these days. Yeah, even My grandfather lived to 93. See, you have plenty of time to figure it out. Become older and wiser. You got yeah. to 93. That's it. I That's think it. I told you earlier that I was doing acrobatics and to not make me laugh. You've made me laugh this entire time. So <laughs> calm down. With that, okay, go back to your older, wiser, 35-year-old Daniel, right? And you are single. Yep. Um, you are trying to establish your values, right? So mm -hmm. eight years ago, you would have been, you know, in your early 20s. Your values probably changed dramatically between then and now. So pretending that, you know, you're talking to 20, like, let's say 24-year-old Daniel, what should he be valuing mm -hmm. at that point outside of relationships first? Um, what should he be valuing outside of relationships? Yeah. Because I think it starts with um, you, right? I think we can get on that. Yeah, story. yeah. I think well, I was about, yeah, I think I was about, yeah, I was about like 26 or something, 27. Um, uh, I think that, I, I don't think that it's it's a it's a thing of valuing like things outside of a relationship. Um, you can definitely value the relationship you're in, but I think it's not letting go of the values that you have. And you, you touched on something that said that, you know, I think that you've, you know, your values would have evolved or whatever it may be. Um, I'm not sure that like, I feel like my values have been the same and I've sort of always known what I want in somebody and those, those things never change. It was just that when I was younger, I was probably more likely to turn a blind eye to them and just go with the moment. So I think as I've gotten older, um, I'm less likely to turn a blind eye to things that really don't resonate with me. And I've had experiences since then that have taught me that as well. So now it's at a point where it's like, and it's tempting sometimes it's hard, especially if you, if you're very attracted to someone or, you know, like whatever, whatever comes up, you have fun with someone, but you know, deep down that this person probably isn't good for you and good for where you're going and good for your future. And it's not all about you. It's it, that's almost sounds selfish. It's about them as well. And it, you need to look at it from both angles. But if you know that, you know, something just isn't right with someone and the values aren't there and they're really important things, it's very subtle as well. So you, you've got to, you've got to, that's why I said you've got to observe the situation um, without ruining it, of course, but you've got to really look and say, well, I don't think this is for me. And I think that's what it is more than anything. So I think my values have stayed the same. And um, I think that we also need to keep focus on the things around our life that are really important to us and not lose all of that just because someone comes along. I think if that's the case, then they're probably not the right person for you because the right person for you shouldn't take your focus so much off the other things that were important in your life. They should almost encourage that unless you want something new, you know, like uh, I know girls that have, that have been very career driven and then they've met someone and they've wanted to have a child and they've, they've wanted to be a stay at home mom. That's completely fine. There's other women that don't want that and they want to pursue their career while they have a child. And that's also fine. It's like, whatever, it's okay to change and shift as long as it resonates with you deep down so listening to you it sounds like one of your values whether you're single or not single is to maintain your independence um i think independence is you know we we just don't want to 
um, get confused with that word either, because I don't think independence means that you can't depend on someone. I think that you should be able to depend on someone, especially the person that you're with. But I think that you need to have your own, the, the, your own love of your own life as well, that your happiness and that your emotions shouldn't just be based on the emotions of someone else and the way someone else is treating you. If, if you're constantly feeling sad because the other person is in a bad mood or, you know, you're, everything that you are feeling or thinking has got to do with that other person, I think that's a little bit dangerous. And I don't, I don't feel that that's right either because you're not being honorable to yourself and you're not, you've got your life. So it's like as much as we, I don't think it's about, you know, independence doesn't mean not being dependent on somebody. You should be dependent on the people you're with. You know, you want to depend on friends when you're going through something. Mm -hmm. What are they there for then? You know, if, if you can't depend on people. We depend on the supermarket to have our fruit so we can go and eat. Yes, we're, we're dependent on so many things. Um, so I think that's where it gets a little bit confused with this whole independence thing. But I think, yeah, like I said, um, independence, there should be definitely an element of it in your life where you still enjoy your own company regardless. I'm an introvert at heart, so I'm good on that one. <laughs> like, oh, good, good. I'll be fine there. So tell me something that would be a value of yours then. And while you are single, not quite ready to get into a serious relationship, but you know, it's something that you try to keep throughout these like eight last eight years. Oh, I mean, I'm always open to, to whatever may happen with somebody. Um, I think one of my values is that they, uh, whoever I'm with needs to be close with their family. I think that's, that's something that's, uh, is pretty important to me. They need to understand family dynamics and, uh, cause that's just something that I've been brought up in. We've been close to our family. So yeah, I think that's, that's, that's one for me. I love that. Actually. Well, they need to, they need to, they need, they need to at least have a desire to, you know, um, have a close knit family, I guess. And so if someone would say that family is like the friends you choose, or let's say somebody doesn't have a family, is it more about the relationship that they have with other people, like the caring and connection or to actually have a biological family? That's important. Um, no, I don't think it's, I don't like think I'd rule someone else, rule someone out that, that doesn't, that isn't close with their biological family. Um, but I think that they just need to understand the, the like family values. That's what it is. And if, and if they're not close with their biological family and that's, that's hindered that. And that's like, you know, affected the, the fact that, you know, sometimes we need to stay, we need to go to a, a nephew's birthday. That's who's have is a four-year-old birthday and we're going to have a big party and stay there and like they can't understand that and they don't want to really engage in that well that's something that doesn't resonate with me because mm. when i'm traveling if i'm if i'm home and that's happening we got to go to that because that's 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 what i do in my family you know that's what we do we're close we get together we you know so if they don't if they don't resonate with that and they can't be bothered doing that and that's that exhausts too much of their energy then that's cool but that's just not for me mm. so what uh now that we're crossing out of single into the potential relationship, because you kind of went there without me, but that was perfectly fine. So yeah, definitely being close to your family is very important. Um, as far as any spiritual or religion, 
if you have a different religion than somebody or if you define spirituality because you don't even want to define spirituality as of earlier you're like that's not my word like how do you navigate the different belief systems that someone might have like is there any leeway or um, do you think you just make your i think it's no 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 there's definitely there's definitely leeway i think it's just um having a universal love is more important than anything else like you know someone can claim to be religious and not have a, a good heart so i think you know you you pick up on these things and you see when someone's got a nice heart and someone's you know they've been able to connect with that and um you know they're genuine you feel that so i guess it's it comes more of a feeling from me and you got to be in tune with yourself so it's very hard to articulate and pinpoint and answer that question i guess because it's it's a feeling that you get when you're with someone and it's the the behaviors that you that you see i mean even without trying to analyze the situation in any kind of way you just know when something isn't right you know when you you know when someone's being like really selfish or um not very appreciative and you know things like that you can you can feel it how do you handle situations whenever you're like the vibe is wrong or the feeling is wrong yeah I haven't handled them very well. Sometimes I've, I've stuck it out because I'm that kind of person where it's like, oh yeah, I'll just, I'll just ignore, but I've learned now not to do that. Um, I've sort of turned a blind eye to it before and put my, like I've had feelings before with people where I'm just like, and it's, it's, it's not that like they're, they're evil people, they're doing anything bad, but I'll just get such a strong feeling that I will literally have to be like, I got to be away from them in that moment. Um, like I, I just, my energy, I'm just like, something just is not right with this person for me like this energy is not i'm getting a vibe from something very deep inside that's telling me this person isn't right and it depending on the situation like uh, you know whatever if i'm away with them or something like i'll stick it out because just just to get on with it and just to try to you know and then i'd normally put myself in a position where i'm like i've i've forgotten those things and just accepted whatever but that's um and i think we all do that to some degree but I don't think that that's like everyone has flaws and that's, that's completely fine. But it's when you get that real deep, strong sense that this person just is not good for me. Mm -hmm. um, not that they're not a good person. They're just not good for me. And I think that's when, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm learning. I've, I've learned and I'm, I'm think we're always learning, but I would like to believe that if that happens again next time that I, you know, once again, will will part ways very quickly. And I think it deserves a conversation, but I think it's, you know, you got to stay true to that because that when when you get a feeling that strong, um, I think you should listen to it. Is there any advice that you would give to your former Daniel eight year like eight year ago self as far as like how you would approach it, or do you think you would approach it kind of how you just defined it as far as like recognize it? then just walk away or you know have that conversation as quickly as possible like i've got to be honest I've, I've thought about that i probably wouldn't say anything to him because he needed to learn oh. <laughs> so I, I probably i probably wouldn't give him any i wouldn't give him any advice at the moment because um he needed to learn everything he needed to learn to get to this point so and i think that's where we we need to as well um we, that that makes us not regret you know we did what we did because we had to get to this point now where we've learned. So I think he did everything right and he did everything wrong, mm. but it all, you know, it all, uh, it all added up to where we are. I imagine. And we're good. 
I imagine that you're going to be the type of father that pushes your son in the deep end, not the shallow end. And you're like, <laughs> learn how to swim, like, figure it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I think I, I, yeah, I think there's definitely an element of that to me. I think that comes from my dad as well. <clears throat> my dad was very much, you know, you got to, uh, got to get, got to get going and you got to do things and you got to be tough and, it was hard sometimes because he expected the best out of us uh, when we did it. Like I remember I used to play football and I would get like literally, this is Australian rules football. It's called AFL. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen it. It's like a massive stadium with just a ton of players running around. It's, it's, it looks ridiculous when they get, they look like little ants when you're looking at it from the stadium, but, and it's a rough game. And, um, you know, I just get piled, like piled over by some guy and you'd be winded so much that I couldn't even breathe. And my dad would be like, get up. Get up, get, and it would, and it would, and it would work. You know, mm -hmm. I would get up, and I would run it off, and I would continue. And, and my dad would always have a saying, saying, "You got to get back on the horse." He used to love riding horses when he was young, mm. and he used to always say, "Just there was one of analogy of his always get back on the horse, always get back on." So I feel like I need to um, give you a little bit of background about me. And um, first off, I love football. Yeah. Football is amazing, and I guess American mm -hmm. soccer, football for everybody else in the world. I also am not American, even though I've been living in America for a really long time. So oh, okay. I am actually Scottish based. So oh, okay. That gives you a little bit more background because you're like, you yeah, are yeah, American. Yeah. And I'm like, well. Uh, I thought you were American. Sorry. I assumed. I assumed. You have, you have an American accent and you live in America. So I, uh, my assumption was there. So I've had a lot of um, vocal training, actually, whenever I go on any oh, okay. type of television. Um, I grew up in the modeling and entertainment industry. So if you get me mad okay. or extremely passionate about something, like taking get me Scottish. to a, a you turn Scottish. football game, we'll definitely um, hear a different type of air. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. Cool. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> getting me mad? Kind of like our technological difficulties earlier. I, I was getting there. You were yeah, yeah. a couple of syllables away. <laughs> yeah. So tell me, I want to talk now about more like the breakups, which is where the rest of the world, whether you consider yourself a coach or not, kind of looks towards you with this book. And they've read it and read it i've read some excerpts i've been waiting for you to come down to miami or up to miami that way i can just get my signed copy mm -hmm. yeah, yeah that's it huh <laughs> that's what i'm waiting for is my signed copy um i, I won't take anything all less right. than seeing you with a signed copy that's that's my standard all right okay so all right we'll organize it we'll organize something <laughs> i've got high standards so yeah we'll have to organize it <laughs> with you know being someone that they look up to with breakups and with values and spirituality, most of your audience, I'm going to say, is primarily a woman. Like, would you agree with that? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think the statistics on my on my Instagram are like seventy eight percent females. Well, I would also say that probably has to do with like you looking in the mirror, but just the readers. <laughs> I would say like the topic itself. I found that when I talk to men, especially about relationships, and I've had a relationship coach on the podcast before, um, I also don't know if you know who Andres Perez Molini or Alexander Cormont is, but they're pretty famous no. coaches in like France, like Alex Cormont's like the number okay. one in France, and then Andres is pretty okay. well known here. And well, everyone, when we talk about relationships, or we talk about breakups, or we talk about self-love and being single, 
is I kind of relate it to where like women focus on it more and then early on versus men tend to catch up to being like, okay, maybe we should like investigate a little bit of our self-love and maybe some trauma, maybe some flaws at like 30. Would you agree with that? Or do you think I'm just like... Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I've, I've just like, I, I just don't put an age on things. Uh, I, I've really delved into my emotions and my mind when I was 23. I started to become awakened. So I think it depends on what kind of person you are. If that's their expert analysis and that's their experience and that's fine. I mean, for me personally, I just wouldn't put an age on it. I think guys generally probably do, you know, especially if they've been in relationships and then broken up again, I guys can go for a long time without being in a relationship and not actively seek it. Mm. They just keep getting on, getting on with things and they're very focused on their career and, uh, I think that's just how a man's built. You know, it's like we need to just just achieve and create and and um, provide almost. And maybe it just means that they feel like they need to provide more and get more before they actually get into another relationship or whatever it may be. So I think we are built differently in so many ways. But um, I wouldn't say that it doesn't mean that it doesn't cross our mind and there's times in our life, even throughout these moments, that we really want a relationship or we do look into this you know, self-love space or whatever it may be. I, I think we're very, we probably don't um, externalize it maybe as much, but men definitely have conversations with their guy mates all the time about higher perspectives and, and thought. And I mean, I've been having these conversations all through my 20s. So, yeah, and I think that the world's evolving faster too, you know. So people, guys are becoming a lot more accustomed to it and, they're wanting to look into it a lot more. So, yeah. How do you take some? I mean, I have I have kids. I have I have kids that are like 16, 17, 18 guys that are like reaching out to me and saying, "Oh my god, your books touched me so much." Like, who says you can't? You do as well, which is a self help book. And I'm just like, shit. You know, if I was sixteen years old reading that, I'd be. I wish someone gave me a book like that when I was sixteen. That's like I didn't even know about any of that stuff. You know, so it's, um, I think the world's changing. How would you incorporate those values into going through just hardships in general? So let's take away the breakup because I do like, you know, the other idea of like this kind of self-awareness book that you have too, right? Equally as important mm. is before you get into a relationship of any sort, I always tell people have a relationship with you, your beliefs and your values, right? Yeah. And until that is firmly established, then you really shouldn't be messing with anybody, right? Because you're just going to cause some damage or some hurt, or you guys are going to be fobbling through this relationship. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. With that, like, how do you keep your values and how do you keep that awakened spirit when you're going through hard times? Like, when you're being. Well, I think. Mm -mm. Well, I think if it's. um. Is it in relation to relationships? You're asking, like, like you said before, if you're going through something and it's and you're not you're not healed yet, and then you get into a relationship. So, are you wanting to know on that point? I it's kind of like a two in one question because earlier, all right, all right, you were discussing, you know, the identity with yourself, right? Yeah, and yeah. then like how that kind of will conflict, and then now, yes, you well, have I think a relationship mm, with others, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that um, 
So I think in a relationship, it's one thing that, you know, if you've been through something that, yeah, you do need to heal and you do need to get through it to, to you know, pursue a relationship with someone else because you don't want to hurt them. You need to be – but I, I don't think we're ever fully healed. I think we're always learning about ourselves and I think we're always got something that's going to come up. Um, so I, I think it's more when you're getting into a relationship, it's more understanding what a relationship is. I think that's where people are getting really confused because I feel like we are so independent, you know, and people want to live their own life and no one wants to live in someone else's shadow and no one, you know, wants to be feel like they're being told what to do. And some people misinterpret those things as well when people are just, and that could be from their past. But I think we need to understand what a relationship is and that it is, it does have certain values and it does have certain commitments. And unless you're willing to adhere to those, then this word relationship and this concept or whatever it is or whatever it means to you needs to be understood before you actually commit to it. I think that's a major problem. People don't really understand what it means to be in a relationship before they get into one. They just get into one because they like someone at the start. They're like, oh, yeah, I like them. And then what? You know. And then it, it takes a hell of a lot of work because a relationship is a particular thing and people need to understand that. Um, when it comes to keeping your values, when you're when you're going through hard times, um, I think your values should never be uh, should never be ignored when you're even if you're going through a hard time. So I, I think that the things that are most important to you should always be put on a pedestal to some degree, especially if they're things that are really really important. So. This is going to be my last question, and it might be the hardest okay. question of all. It's uh, uh. <laughs> when it comes to picking between your values and who you consider to be like the love of your life, maybe even someone you're already married to. Where do you like put your hat? Um, well, I think if you're married to someone, it's a very different story. I think if you're married to someone, you need to have a conversation with them and really let them know whatever this value is that you feel is being trampled on or not taken into consideration or something that doesn't resonate with you. And if you have that conversation and it's constantly ignored or whatever it is, and I think you just need to make sure that that, that, that value of yours that's now become an issue because obviously you've been married with this person and now it's become an issue um, that it's not something that's just a phase that you're going to get over. You know, I, I think you got to really delve into it and say, is this something that I'm just going through that I really just need space and time to go and think of how really important this actually is in my life? Like I, I've spoken to women who um, have left their partners because they've just wanted to travel and they feel like they've never tra- and they've had this desire and they feel like they're falling out of love with it. They just want to go and explore the world and whatever. And I can tell you now, like five years down the track, they're like they've traveled and stuff and they've lived, but they're not. They're not, they're not fulfilled. Something's ch- so it's, and they're constantly searching for something that maybe once they already had, like they're dating and, and kicking themselves that someone's not replying them back and why aren't people liking me? And, and it's like you, you're like you're searching for something that you potentially already had. And it's not to say that, you know, if you weren't fulfilled in that relationship, it's like, oh, but it's like are you working enough on it? Is this just a phase? So I think that's, um, yeah. That's the main thing, I think, just working out whether, you know, this 
is it a really strong value of yours that you've always had in your life or is it something new that's come up that you should probably explore a little bit more before you make a massive decision like leaving somebody definitely well it's definitely been amazing to have you despite all of the technical difficulties the teamwork that we had to put together for that um yeah would somebody got there. <laughs> thank you um how would somebody get in touch with you if they wanted to work with you collaborate with you or um, find your books where would they find them yeah i'm not really doing one-on-one stuff at the moment um potentially for a few clients, but it's just, yeah, not something I'm doing at the moment, but like, I mean, I'm planning on doing events and online stuff as well. So just mainly through my Instagram, Daniel Chidiak. Okay. That's probably the best place. Yeah. Hit me up or if, you know, media, whatever they, they'll find my email, my website, but yeah. And then your books are on Amazon. Are they on Amazon? Any, yeah. Um, box stores as well, or they appear on Amazon? Yeah. Yeah. They're, no, they are. Yeah. They're in, they're in some stores as well. I mean, but if you can't find it in stores, just yeah amazon's probably the best place it might even be the cheapest <laughs> yeah interviewing daniel was very interesting because not only were we interviewing from different countries about spirituality when you're single when you're in a relationship and also when you're breaking up but we also had extremely different views when it came to spirituality and our mindsets with relationships which makes us human this whole entire podcast is not about just succumbing to one way of thinking. It's about exploring spirituality and growth mindset, values, and all different types of ways. I loved it. I thought it was beautiful to kind of peek into Daniel's mind and see how he views things differently, but also find that some of our core values were the same. So thank you guys so much, as always, for opening up that third eye, but also growing and healing with me today.